right? They don't, you don't like doing stuff you're not good at. Hey, let's go, let's go golf. <laughs> I'm not good at golfing. I, but you know, I can have fun and laugh at myself the whole time about how terrible I am. But not everybody likes doing everything. And you definitely like doing stuff that you're good at. You know, so that's the whole point. You know, we're, we're coming into this place in him where we realize that the work that was done is the work that Jesus did. And he did it perfectly, like perfectly. And he did it as us. It's our credit. You don't have to do it. He already did it and he did it perfectly. So now what the Bible talks about is living as him. Live like you're Jesus because you are. Your his your twins in every way. So live like Jesus. It's weird to not live like Jesus. It's totally normal to live like him because you're made in his image. You got to remember this about the new creation. The new creation is remembering. What is it remembering? It's remembering its origin. That's what it means to be in Christ. It's to come back to the origin come back to the original purpose of what God made us and how he made us. Our source code. <laughs> you know, if you're a computer person, he went back into the source code and he recompiled you with the original source in Christ. So you had this virus-ridden program that was taking over the network and he said, let's recompile with the source code. And who is the source? Yeshua is the source code. He is the source of where all things come from. The Bible says he is the source of all things. He is the beginning and the end. The, the, in John, it says that nothing is made without him. Everything that is made in, in, this, in this creation was made by him, through him, and for him. So when you are manifested in the earth as a child, you are made in his image and his likeness. So what's the deal, Jamin? Why is there sin? Because of a distortion that came through the fall. But we've been raised, the Bible said, right? With Christ, in Christ, and the fall no longer has an effect on us. So back to the beginning where I was saying, you like to do things that you're good at. Well, don't make it dead works. No one should be good at that. That's like, you know, we talk about our cats coming and bringing us a dead bird. And we're like, thanks, but I really don't need a dead bird. That's our works. It's us running around saying, I'm so good at catching dead birds and giving it to my owner. <laughs> it just made you sneeze. Cats, you don't need a dead bird and God doesn't need your dead works. Even if you're good at it, who cares? It doesn't give you anything. And the other thing is, is now your relationship with God is based on works. So if you're not doing good at your works, you're not going to want to talk to God because you think that he judges you by your works when he never did. You see how that's distorted? You don't want to live your life according to works. Yeah, but what if I live like the devil? Well, why don't you stop doing that and just live like Jesus and stop looking to him for approval in that way? He approves of you already. You're good. You're not just good. You're awesome. Like the way he thinks about us and the way we think about ourselves is very different sometimes. He's, he's helping us to change. Because our original thought about ourselves is, I screw up, I did this, I do the other thing, uh, every time I try to, blah, 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 and we're always thinking about ourselves that way, and we want to talk to Jesus about us, and he looks at us like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> because he sees us for who we are. He will answer us 
the questions that we ask of him. I mean, he'll just answer us. Like, you know, you ask him a question, he'll answer it. So sometimes we're like, well, why did God say this? And be like, well, because you asked him. But you got to remember the basis of your relationship with God is not your works. It's what he did. Because you can ask God, God, is this good? And he'll say, no, it's not good. But he still loves you. Just stop doing that thing. Just stop. Just. But I can't. Yeah, you can stop. You know you can stop. Just stop. <laughs> Be who you are in Christ. Allow his life as it's working through us. Okay, what's happening? Our world is changing around us. So our perspective of how we see things changes. And then because our perspective changes about our world, it changes how we interact with our world. And when we, we change how we interact with our world, our world changes. Because remember, we're the instigator of everything. We instigate everything around us. I instigated this iPad. I lifted it up. I put it down. Who did that? Me? It's God's fault. No, I did it. It was me. I did it. You know, so what we're seeing is the motivator within us is the motivation of the love of God. See how it's different? If I'm really busy trying to do some more Christian works, I don't really have time to love. <clears throat> do I? Because I'm working on being a good Christian. <laughs> it's kind of it's weird to think about. I got so wrapped up in church, I forgot to love. Oh, but the pastor said to love. That's why I'm doing it. Well, what about what is going on on the inside? What's God showing you? You know, how we love. Again, anything that you teach from the scripture can be taken as condemnation. I can teach anything. God loves you. Oh, he loves me. I know I totally forgot. Oh my goodness, I'm so condemned. <laughs> condemnation is a lens. You gotta take the whole lens off. You gotta take the glasses off and let put on the lens of Christ. Or when God says, I love you, you'll be like, Oh, okay, sounds good. Not like, oh, I forgot to, I forgot that God loved me. Oh, why am I not going to get this right? Okay, I'm going to try better next time, God. It works. It wears you out. You know, Godfrey Bertel has a song called, um, I, yeah, I tried keeping the rules and working my, my head off to please God, and it just wore me out. And he says, so I quit. <laughs> and it's a picture of a guy with like a briefcase and a suit and he's laying flat on the ground, like on his back, like I quit. You know, I quit with my striving. Now I'm crucified with Christ. And then it starts talking about how you are a new covenant person, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special possession, called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So who am I? I'm in Christ. Where have I been brought? I've been brought into a kingdom. A kingdom of priests, the Bible says. Priests were really special. They could go into the temple. They could actually go right into that holy place. And then the high priest could go into the holy of holies. And you know what God did with that whole situation? He just split that curtain. He just ripped it in half. He said, y'all can go in now. Y'all can go in. You don't need someone to stand in the middle. Jesus is your go-between, and he said, come on in. You can go into the holy of holies. Where And where... Pray tell is the Holy of Holies. Where is the tabernacle? It's from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Where did the, where did the Ark of the Covenant go? Well, it, apparently the Holy of Holies is right here. That's the Sancta Sanctorum, the Holy of Holies. So when Jesus says, come on in, he's like, go into the Holy of Holies. What's in me is not good. What's in you is the Spirit of God. So in the book, um, Interior Castles, by um which one which one who wrote interior castles again 
No. Um, so Interior Castles is, it, you know, Interior Castles is, is talking about how God showed this one Catholic saint about how our lives are like castles. Like, so you start on the outside and you work your way in. So it's not a works as much as a realization of where you are. So at the beginning, you only realize like you're outside, like you have a castle, <clears throat> but there's like, and then she's like, there's like lizard, lizards and stuff out there. You're like, oh, there's lizards in my castle. And you're, but they're not really. It's just because you're understanding of, of your heart. And as you start moving your way in, because what you're doing is you hear something and you hear, you hear him calling you and he's calling you in to that holy place. So most of the stuff that we're saying, oh, I'm dealing with my junk, I'm dealing with it, you're dealing with the mentality and the spirit of God is helping to take apart that matrix that was created by you or someone that you heard from, some teacher or some kind, and he's dismantling that so that you can see the reality of where you really are. So you're getting deconnect, dis, deconstructed out of the matrix. So the matrix mentality isn't like, hey, everyone, you're allowed to do whatever you want. It's freedom and liberal whatever. It's who are you in Christ and how Christ accepts you and, and sees you in his likeness and his image. Now, is Christ full of sin? Of course he's not full of sin. There's people that teach that. There is. There's people that teach that. They go out and they teach, this is the grace of God, that we would sin to our heart's content and God would not show anything because love is love or whatever they say, right? But in reality, it's sin and Christ doesn't look like that. That stuff's not in heaven. None of that is in heaven. That's not a heavenly thing. You can't build something out of heavenly. That stuff is all going to fall apart. And what happens is it's a twisting. And then they put God's name on it and they call it grace. So that's not true grace. That's, that's called just basically being sinful and saying God says it's okay. Well, he doesn't say that's okay, but he says you're okay. You're good. Don't hurt yourself. Don't mess around with the lizards. Keep moving in. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just keep moving in. Because in your heart is... Christ. It's so much power, okay? It's so much power. You remember when they took the lid off of the Ark of the Covenant and raised the Lost Ark? Yeah. So you got that that holy of holies in you, okay? There's no Nazis. <laughs> okay, no Nazis. They're done, right? So you have this holy of holies within you. So as we're, what are we doing? We're becoming more aware of our oneness with him. We're, our ideas about where we were and who we are are changing through our relationship with Christ as we're interacting, as we're listening to his voice. He's calling us in to this place of union, this place of communion, this place of oneness. And so in um, St. Teresa of Avila is the one who wrote the interior castles. And so she's the one that realized that the further in you go and you're coming into this, um, it's kind of like being caught up in the spirit with Christ and you're, you're no longer aware of, of the outside. And she said, as you get further and further in, he goes, even those voices and all those other things, they, they don't even want to be near you. You terrify them, the lizards and all the other stuff. They don't want to be anywhere near where you are because you're in that place with him. So this is the growing that we're doing, but it's not an achievement. It's not a work. It's more of a waking up. It's more of a revelation. It's like your mercies are new every morning, right? You're waking up to this new revelation, this new idea of where we've been brought in Christ. And now we can leave behind the, I'm really good at works, okay? Just let me do this. I'm good at it, Jamie. Don't bother me. I like my works. Because in, in the end... In the end, okay, we're being straight talk with Jamin. In the end, okay, here's what happens. It's all about me and how good I look with other people. What do we call that? Pride. 
We call it pride. And why do we think Satan is so good at working within religious systems? Because he's very good at pride. He's the one that tempts people into pride. God doesn't tempt people. God doesn't tempt anyone. God doesn't have anything to tempt people with because he's not tempted, nor does he tempt anyone. God is not tempted. You can't tempt God, and God is not going to tempt you to do sin ever, 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 ever. He doesn't have that. To be like, I'm going to tempt you with this giant ruby. I can't because I don't have a giant ruby. Just like God, he can't tempt you to sin because he doesn't have it. He can't give it to you because he doesn't have it. That's a twisting. Very simple, right? So what are we doing? We're changing. How are we changing? The way that we think. So again, remember how we do our activations. I'm in him. He's in me, okay? And then what do we do to our soul? Happy soul, busy soul, be quiet, right? So now we're moving up into a higher place. So again, we do this teaching. We meditate in the Lord. When you meditate in the Lord, you forget the other stuff. Because what are we doing? We're focusing on him. He's in, he's in us. So now our soul, as busy as it is, as good as it is at works, I'm really good at works, Jamin. You got to understand, I worked my way up through the system, made it to the top. It's a man system. <laughs> it's going to go away. It's just another Tower of Babel. It's another Tower of Babel. No, no, this is not a Tower of Babel, Jamin. This one came because someone had a vision, so it's not a Tower of Babel. But you're turning it into a Tower of Babel. Stop bringing people around yourself. And this is the balance. You know, you say, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Am I trying to bring people to follow me? A lot of people do that. They want, again, back to pride. You think God, God no part of pride. Why not? Because he's the one who needs the glory, not you. No, because pride is destroying you. God doesn't need anything. You do understand that, right? He did, literally doesn't need anything. His name is the self-existent one. That is actually his name. If your name is the self-existent one, you definitely don't need anything else. But, but the other aspect of the Father is that his heart is a heart for love, and he loves to do things together. He likes us. He, lo- he thinks about us all the time. So this is that, ch- that switch over from you know, being aware of you know, God out there looking at something for us, trying to get something into us, And this other part of him where he's saying, hey, I recognize who you are and I'm speaking to who you are. This is the reason why we miss messages sometimes when he's trying to get things through to us is because the lens we're listening it through is not, it's not getting through. So if, if, if I say God loves you and we say, oh, I forgot that I'm so condemned, you know, which is so weird to do, but I guarantee you there's people that think like that. There are people that if you were to say, you know, he doesn't hold your sin against, oh, yeah, I did sin, didn't I? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who's righteous? No one's righteous, you know? And this, and this idea that, but, but what, what he's brought us into is relationship. Okay, so let's look at some scriptures. Do you guys like scriptures? <laughs> okay, so let's take a look at some scriptures. And this is basics. This is like, everything's basic in Christ. I say, this is basics. What do you mean it's basics? I don't know, and I'm condemned. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Everything you say, that's what I'm saying. Like, once you condemn yourself, you're condemned no matter what someone says. Everything becomes a thing. You're just like, all right, look. I'll let Jesus get through to you on this one. Okay, so let's look at who likes Aramaic. I do. I'm a big Aramaic guy. 
All right, this is the basics of the basic. And it's one that you guys, I know you know the scripture. This is one. If you've been in church at least three times, you've probably heard this scripture. <laughs> if you've gone to church three times, this one's a guaranteed. You have heard it before. It's a good one. That's why. <clears throat> I'll go with I'll go with the, the non-Aramaic disturb. Well, this is actually Aramaic too. The Passion Translation is translated out of Aramaic. So so anyway, so this is this is one of those scriptures that, you know, if you feel condemned for whatever reason, anybody, at any time, you can just kind of look at this scripture and it will help you. Romans 8, 1. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. If I were to stand on my works, I would be condemned because I'm not going to get 100%. Maybe get 90. I'm a performer. Everybody wants to perform and do their best, right? You want to get it right. So you say to yourself, hey, I got 90%, but 90% is not 100%. So that means you fail everything because that's how the law works. But now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. Be very careful when you hear voices of condemnation, because the voices of condemnation do not come from Jesus. They come from the accuser, the accuser of the brethren. Now, when you hear a voice and it's condemning, no, that's coming from the accuser of the brethren. Does that mean the person who sang it, which could be your very own brain, is the devil? No, it means that you've picked up or someone has picked up on a lower round frequency. I always think of it as frequency. It's a lower round frequency. They tuned in and they tuned into condemnation. And once they tuned into condemnation, they felt condemnation and they started to issue condemnation to others. Just don't tune into that frequency because the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. For the law, quote, law of the spirit of life flowing through the anointing of Jesus has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. So any works that you do, be it Christian works or otherwise, isn't saving us. It's the life of Christ within us. Okay, so these are things that are just good to know because when you're um, like seeing in the Spirit, moving in the Spirit, doing these things, you're going to be like, well, I prayed enough, so now I, I can see in the Spirit. Well, I didn't, I didn't make any mistakes this week. So, I, you know, and you're trying to kind of earn like spiritual experiences through your works. That doesn't, it does, that's not how it is. Like, you know, like when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he's like, you can't go to heaven. You have to be born there. You're not allowed into heaven unless you're born from heaven. You have to be born from above, Jesus said. Oh, do I have to be born again? Do I have to be born a, a second time? Jesus was indicating to Nicodemus that we are born from above in Christ. We are born from above. That's where we come from. We come from heaven. We're heavenly beings. They all know, everybody knows this. We're the only ones that are figuring it out. We're born from above. So why is it that we can be in heaven? Because we were born there. That's our citizenship. You can't, no one, so the condemning voice says no. 
But Jesus says, yes, they're mine. They come from heaven. So that condemning voice is basically our own voice, in all honesty. It's our own voice. Because the accuser of the brethren is basically the spiritual force that connects with that fallen nature. That's what that is. So like, you can see things, again, I can use different words and they all mean the same to me. So I can say the devil, I can say the accuser, I can say Satan, Diabolos, the resistor, I can say all that, and then I can say a fallen human mindset, and they all mean the same thing because that's what those spiritual forces are connecting with and reinforcing that condemnation in your mind. But the thought came from a sense of separation from God. So he's saying, no, I brought you into my heart. I brought you into the kingdom. There is no separation. And now there's no accusing voice. Because the, because the law of the spirit of life flowing through Jesus set us free. From what? The law of sin and death. They're real laws, both of them. You can't, I'm not saying you deny the law of sin and death. I'm saying that there's a higher law. You don't deny that the law is there or, or even, even the Mosaic law. The, the scripture says the law is perfect. Look in the Psalms when David talked about your law, Lord, is perfect. There's nothing wrong with the law. It's perfect. It's a perfect measuring stick to show you that you can't do it. <laughs> it's perfect, right? God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. And a, someone has pointed out the law never claims to save or make anybody better. That's not there in the law. Do all these things, you'll be better. It doesn't say that. There's no self-help going on in the law. Self-help does not actually exist, in all honesty. You need just help help, not self-help. And you got it. You got it. God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his son in human form to identify with human weakness, clothed with humanity. God's son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. You know, so you have, so again, the other, the other part of it is this. Sin is actually um, a spiritual force. You, you, you understand that sin is a spiritual force. It's, it's not just, did you, did you commit a sin? No, it's actually like a virus. <laughs> Oops. And it's infected the earth, but not in Christ. Every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the anointed one living his life in us. So anything that you felt like you needed to do, Christ has done already in you. Does that make sense, you guys? By the, And we are free to live, not according to our flesh, which I call the soul or an unrenewed mind, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's look at it in Aramaic. <clears throat> so there is no debt for those in Jesus the Messiah that are not walking in the flesh, for the law of the spirit wind that gives life by Jesus the Messiah freed you from the law of sin and death. For because the law was weakened by the frailty of the flesh, God dispatched his son in the likeness of the flesh of a sinner. Because of sin, he would sentence the sinful one by his flesh that the justice of the law could be fulfilled in us. We are not walking in the flesh, but by the spirit wind. Okay, so no condemnation. No, no sense of guilt, sense of shame. Why? Because of Jesus the Messiah. He set us free. We create a lot of things in our minds that create our reality. So the things that we think about and the things that we meditate eventually manifest around us. They have manifest in our lives. We begin to see them as we meditate on them. We make them. You think about a thing long enough and you do it. And um, And so this is the kind of thing that we're seeing here, you know, 
The other thing is the Lord wants us to know that our relationship is with him. It's with, it's with him. When we intend to connect with God in some way, okay, it's done. You're there. You don't have to wait. You don't have to um, do a certain thing. What you're doing is you're setting your heart towards him and you're turning in towards the Lord. So you're saying like, I become aware. They have a song like that too. I become aware of him or something. There's a song about like an old fashioned song. Um, you know, I can feel his presence in the atmosphere. Okay. So why is it that when you sing that song, I can feel his presence in the atmosphere. You can feel his presence in the atmosphere because of your intention. You didn't have to sing that song, but you did. And what it did is it took your, your, your soul. Okay. And it brought it under Okay, the, the subjection to the spirit. So the spirit is always aware of the presence of God everywhere because you're one spirit with the Lord. So you took your soul, brought it under your spirit, right? And you said, I can sense his very presence in the atmosphere. And as you sense his very presence in the atmosphere and you all sang it together, everyone became aware of the presence in the atmosphere and you sang it in a song and it's beautiful. See how easy that is? Mm -hmm. So you can do that whenever you want <laughs> and enjoy the Lord. You see, because he never intended for us to have to work some type of overcoming condemnation. I have to overcome condemnation before I can enjoy the Lord. And he's like, no, the table's right here. Just enjoy. Now, so as we're, as we're growing in our understanding of him, we don't need these um, props. <laughs> we don't need the props. We can just go right in. So you say to yourself, I intend to enjoy the Lord. You know, one of the things we do is we do the I'm in him and he's in me, but we also do the breathe, breathing in him, breathing in, you know, heavenly substance. And you're and what you're doing is you're connecting with the reality that you have in Christ. You're not connecting with. So what people will do is they'll they'll practice this breathing. They'll practice being quiet. What do they call it? Calm. You know, they have a calm thing. You have a calm app and all this. And it's basically just to kind of keep you from being ramped up, which is good. I mean, you shouldn't be ramped up. You should, you should be chilled out. But there's also a spiritual practice where, you, where you're becoming aware of the Lord. This is what the saints did. You, this is the reason they have the icons. Everyone's like, oh, they're worshiping icons. Well, some of them may, but the original intention of an icon, you know what I mean by an icon? like in a Greek Orthodox church or one of these churches, and they have these icons everywhere and these statues and stuff. These were places they would go to contemplate. What does contemplate mean? I'm aware of your presence in the atmosphere. That's what they're doing. Now, if you want to turn it into an idol, which honestly, the Protestants have their idols too. Um, they sure do. They got quite a few of them, actually. We just don't have them easily labeled like they did with the Catholics. But they weren't originally idols. They were actually places of connection with Christ, where they became aware of Christ. Those crosses they had on there, people would get caught up in the Spirit when they would just look at the cross, because looking at the cross reminded them of Jesus on the cross, which reminded them of his love for them. And when they would get caught up in, the, in his love for them by just looking at a cross, because they were practicing the presence of God wherever they would go. They couldn't read. They couldn't read, guys. They didn't know how to read. We are in a world where we know how to read. That is not common. This is a very odd time we're in right now where we all know how to read. They had to look at things. 
when they were preached to, they were preached messages from people who wouldn't let them read the Bible. Okay, they weren't allowed to read the Bible. And not and if they could find a Bible to read, it was written in a dead language that they didn't understand. So not only did their common language not be able to read that, they couldn't even read the Bible for sure because it was in a language none of them understood. But see, that wall of separation has been destroyed. Men made walls. We call that the system, the matrix. Men made walls so people couldn't get through. But those icons were points of contact. When they would go in, they were loving Jesus by looking at Jesus. <laughs> Somebody drew Jesus. I got it. It's not probably what he looks like. But you know what? how it was made? It was made with love. And that's definitely in the picture. You see the difference? So our connection with Christ isn't intellectual, it's spiritual. Our connection with him is out of our heart intention of love that he has for us that we're responding to. We're responding to his love. He's saying, I want to do this. I want to show you this. I want to show you that. And we're like, sounds good to me. Let's do it. The old way was, I want to do this and that. Oh, I'm not worthy. You know? Well, of course you're not worthy, but in Christ you're worthy worthy because he says it. If he calls a thing what he calls it, that's what it is. So these these little props that we make, you know, and again, the scriptures are holy. We don't call them the holy scriptures for nothing, okay? But your relationship with God isn't just the scriptures. Your relationship is in the spirit. Many of these saints did not have scriptures to read because they couldn't read. A lot, most of them couldn't read. You know, I think a lot of these monastery um, folks, they all could read because they could read and write, okay? But most of the time they were looking at symbols, they were looking at things. And and I'm not saying that we shouldn't read. Of course we should read. That's more, but we put so much emphasis on certain aspects that we're missing the part that's so easy. It's so easy to just go in and enjoy the Lord. It's so easy to just take your time and just be quiet in your heart. And just, and just fellowship with the Lord by being present with him. Being present with the Lord, you know? Sometimes people just want you to be next to them. Some people want conversation. I get it. I know. You, want, you have conversation. You got conversation going on in your soul. It's going. It's going. It's going. And you're just like, practice being quiet. It's like, here's the thing. When I say be quiet, am I saying I don't have any thoughts? No. But the thoughts are like, boom. So they're just sitting there and they're going. I got them. Anytime I want to dip down into a thought, I can. It's, it's still going. Because your soul and your spirit can be separated by the word, who is Christ. Okay. So if you're being quiet in your soul, that doesn't mean you're not thinking. It just means that the thoughts that you have have kind of, have you ever like heard things and it's like background? It just goes into the background. It's still there. Because your soul's as active as people's souls are. Listen, people who like to think always have an active mind. It's not like your mind is like, I'm not thinking about anything. That's no fun. That'd be a boring life. You like to think. But you need to put your mind where it needs to go, which is you don't get to you don't get the steering wheel. You can sit over there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can sit over there and you can yap away all you want, but I'm being led by the Spirit of God within me, and I am putting you under dominion to what the Spirit of God is telling you. Is, is, is positioning me. Does that make sense? So we're not like completely like, like quiet your mind and everyone's like, what? You have to have something to hook into. You can't just hook into space. 
in the spirit, you have to find that spot in Christ where you're hooked into the mind of Christ. And then in the mind of Christ, the rest of it just kind of sinks back down in and you can be quiet. I hope that helps some because I know like for me, I have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure all of us have a lot of thoughts and I'm sure they're getting very busy. However, if I take all of my thoughts and I put them all up here, that's when the crazies happen. Okay, so you got to bring them down, you know, and be still, be quiet. Didn't David say, be still, my soul? You know, be quiet before the Lord, be still. You know, you can't shut it down, of course, but you can be still. What usually do you have up there? Worry, anxieties, you know. What else you got up there? Uh, Questions of the future, questions of the past, questions of this and that. The soul is trying to bring some type of order. Order in the court. That's what it's trying. It's trying to bring order to the court. And the soul can't bring order to the court because it doesn't understand how things work. (laughs) So you say, be still and come under subjection to Christ. He is the good shepherd. He will lead me into green pastures. He will lead me beside the still waters. He will restore my soul. You see what you did to your soul? You said, you restore my soul, Lord. I'm going to come into rest. It's Listen, we all get pressure. Everybody gets pressure. Do this, do that, do this. I got a time on I got this. Pressure, 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 right? And even when you're like, I don't feel pressured, but everybody else apparently does. So can you go inside the green pastures and the still waters within your own temple? Of course you can. So just sit right there. I'm in the temple. I'm chilling. Okay? I got thoughts, but they're chilling underneath. They're just going, and I'm just heading through. Right? And anytime I'm like, oh, it's too much, take another drink, brother. Take another drink of the Holy Ghost. Drink God's new wine. Let that just fill your spirit, fill your, fill your cup to overflowing. Then you might be like Elena and just fall over. <laughs> Where'd dad go? He's on the floor. <laughs> He's on God's operating table. That's what he used to say. Just drink in, drink in the Holy Ghost. Drink in the spirit. Enjoy the Lord. The soul's like, nope, I got it. You know, a lot of times the soul's like very angry. I'm very angry. I know you're angry. I know why you're angry, because you're not in control. That's why you get angry. The Bible says the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. I'm angry with a righteous anger. They're sinning, I tell you. That's still your soul. It's still pretending. It's still pretending to be spiritual. I gotcha, right? Did... Well, Jesus got upset and threw over the money chain. You got to understand when Jesus was in the temple, he's in the temple. That was not something we're supposed to do. I'm going to go down to that church and turn over the money changers. To- yeah, sure you are. <laughs> and then you're going to get in trouble with the police. You know, I mean, this is not the thing he said. And the scripture says that man's anger and God's anger are not the same thing. God's anger is the flared nostril. That's actually what it means. It's like, that's it, you know? You don't want much more than that. I mean, you'd be dust. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so he, he leads us and guides us. Our anger, our frustrations, those things, those all come out of the soul. So allow the Spirit to lead you. Keep, the, keep your soul under, just bringing it down. It just sits right there. Now, here's the thing I've noticed. 
Okay, so after you, after, if you practice this, if you practice keeping your soul under, okay, your soul is like, okay, eventually, eventually. At the beginning, it's like, wait, you got one more. There's one more thought. You have to think about this. You have to. Be like, no, I don't. Yes, you do. So allow the spirit to lead you. We all have responsibilities. You know, I can see even in my own temple, right? I have this idea, you know, and again, we're all the one big temple, by the way. So you have things you've got to do. Give them to the Lord, okay? And watch how he uses time and space around you. And you'll notice that you have time for everything. And the things that you don't like doing will be done very quickly. And the things you enjoy will be spread out and last even longer. Because that's how time, because now time is helping you. Because time is supposed to be, time helps us. We just have had a wrong relationship with time. We didn't like time. I don't have enough time, you know. That's usually what people say. I don't have enough time. Time's like, I get plenty of time. You just need to engage with time the right way. So again, you have a plant, it grows. It's beautiful, has flowers. The flowers fall, then you have new flowers. All of that process is to be enjoyed. It's a cycle. Everything is a cycle. So you get little, bigger, enjoy each cycle as it goes through. That's why they're there. Yeah, but I missed the old cycle. Well, you'll have other cycles. You see what I'm saying? It, it, nothing ends. Everything just keeps happening. So just enjoy what you're in. You know, enjoy, where, yeah, enjoy be present with what is happening where you are. But enjoy what you had, but enjoy it in Christ. Look forward to what he's bringing forward to you in the future but be present with where you are. Okay, so these are these are like spiritual practices you can do. So the more you practice, the more your soul will be like, oh, I like to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet now and let, and let my spirit kind of take charge of this situation. Spirit, soul, and body. Now you can also do this to your body. You can also tell your body to come into subjection to your soul. You can heal, you can be healed that way. Because what you're doing is you're allowing a flow to happen from the inner to the outer. So everything comes in and it goes out. You know what Jesus said? He said, he said, when you're filled with the Spirit, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water in and out, okay? So what is that telling us? Because what we think is the rivers come down from heaven onto our head, but that's not how the rivers work. The rivers work from within. So they come in and out this way. This is the gate. This is the center. The heart is the center. Anytime you look, you'll see the heart is the center. The heart actually has, um, actually thinks. There's a whole, there's a whole study on that. Okay, so you, your heart, even as a, as an organ in your body, but then your innermost being, which is in another dimension where you shift into the, you know, quantum realm. You want to say, you know, into the into another dimension, the spiritual realm. Your heart is is where everything is happening. Okay, and so what you're doing is you're becoming um, heart aware. We're very brain aware. That's not done good for us. But when you become heart aware, and then when you become heart aware, you become aware of the heart of the Father, God. Because your heart and his heart are one heart. And then you become aware of everything around you. And then you can love the way that he loves because you're one heart with him. So these are all just practices. So just do that. So even thinking about it, 
meditating on it, becoming aware of his presence in the very atmosphere, becoming aware of him when you see a cross, when you see a saint, when you see Jesus, when you just imagine Jesus. Some people are very visual. Some people don't need any of that. They can just think about Jesus and off they go. They're gone. Some people like the music, the frequency. Get your frequencies right, guys. Get your frequencies. Look and see what the sound frequency is. It's coming from the things you're listening to. And get that frequency right, you know, because some of the frequencies are off. They're way off. They cause agitation, frustration, all that kind of stuff. So you want the frequency to be a frequency of life. So, but um, anyway, so becoming aware of him, not being condemned because you don't, you're not condemned in Christ. You're condemned apart from Christ. God doesn't condemn you. He's never condemned us ever. What about my past? The blood of Jesus cleanses you from all unrighteousness. See, it is gone. Because it is. If you have areas in your life, you know, we talked about the gateways. If you have areas in your life where you're like, I just can't go through this door. I can't get, like maybe it's sight you want to see in the spirit. Maybe it's um, hearing you want to hear in the spirit or something along those lines. Go into that place in your heart and see if there's anything there in the way you see yourself that might need to change. And ask the Lord to show me what gate is being blocked in me and it's something that we're thinking about something that we either maybe boarded up ourselves or whatever and just work with the lord he'll help you take care of it some of them seem as boards you know what i'm saying by gates so the gate is gate of first love okay it's like gate of first love i just went right through it so in the gate of first love that's the fire of the love of god okay and that kind of breaks through in the middle and then it opens up all the other gates these are spiritual gates sight the five senses and then you have five spiritual senses and so that breaks through the soul you have soul gates and you have spiritual gates so these are all the ways you interact from the inner to the outer okay so it's from the inner inner part of you where christ is out into the world that's how you move that's how you see and that's how you operate within the spiritual realm and in the natural realm you're able to do both of those so ask the lord and say hey something blocking you know, and honestly, sometimes certain messages, certain things, that's the thing. Just take it right down. Maybe it is condemnation. Just pull that thing right down and say, I am not condemned anymore. I am free. I'm no longer condemned by anyone. If anyone comes up to me and starts condemning me, I do not receive any of those messages. And I don't hang out with people like that. <laughs> you know, and then that way you can be free and you don't have to be a slave to, to that. Because that what that's doing is condemnation is like hurting intimacy with God. You know, God doesn't want that. Who do you think would try to keep you from intimacy with God? Well, it's definitely not God. (laughs) He wants you to know him really, really well. He doesn't want you to ever, like, feel like he's pushing you away because of something you did. He, He never has done that. He's always said, come right in close to my heart, you know, because you and I are, we're one. We're one. We've never been separated. No matter what you did, you can't push him away. He is really, really stubborn. <laughs> He'd be like, I did a lot of bad things, God. Where are you? He's like, I'm right here. Ah! <laughs> I always had to think about how close Jesus is and then, and then how surprised I'd be when I saw him. And I'd be like, ah! <laughs> Where is he? Yeah, he's right there. <laughs> face to face, though, the Bible says. Okay? That's how we are with Christ. We're face to face. We're as close like this. That's how close, I mean, how, see, you know, my dad had this saying too. He, he told the Lord that he said, he said, well, well, I, I want to get closer. And, and then he said, you know, 
I want to be as close as you want me to be. Like, I don't even want to define it. I want you to define it. And, and when he said that, then everything went different. <laughs> so that's a good thing, you know. Why not just trust him for the whole thing? Just take off, take it all. Just snatch me up. I'm good. You know, how close do you want to be? And be like, hey, as close as you want me to be. You know, being aware of him, being aware of his presence in us. So leaving behind old ideas, we call them immature. They are immature ideas. Um, growing up into him, becoming mature sons, knowing who we are. And then what we're doing is we're going to bring light and revelation and love everywhere we go. And um, people will sense the love of God. They'll sense his acceptance of them, of how he loves them. There will be no condemnation in the things that we think or see because we know who God sees people as. And I, and I will tell you, it is shocking. It is shocking if you grew up in a religious mindset in any way. When you start coming into this, it becomes very shocking. But when you see what Christ is doing in you, you're like, and what he's doing around you, you're like, aha. So that's what that looks like. You see what I'm saying? I heard about this. That's what it looks like. So anyway, I don't know. What do you think? Should we pray? All right. Father, we thank you that we're in you. You're in us. We just meditate on you today. We meditate on your goodness. Been so faithful through so many different things. We're so thankful. We just see you opening up doors. I see people, I see gates opening up right now, actually. Doors and gates. There's just really bright white light coming through them. Just the love of the Father is just shining through people's inner gates. It's coming out in a major way. Light is coming. Thank you, Father. Thank you for that light. Thank you for those doors that are opening. People were afraid to open doors, but now they know it's okay. They can open that. They can walk through. They can allow that river, that flow of the love of God to flow right out of them. Thank you, Father. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.